You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 69 of Double Jump Radio. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How about you? I'm, I'm, I'm good, thank you. The first time I've been able to wear t-shirts and shorts in, in months now, which is a good sign. <laughs> Megaton. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How, 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 is, um, how is everything at home? I, I understand that you've brought on a, a new family member. Yes. Uh, did I mention it last week? On the I think podcast? you were, yeah, I think you were talking, maybe that might have been after we stopped recording. Yeah, it, it blurs together now. Um, yes, but we have a new cat named Rocket. It is an adopted cat that is a few months older, a few months younger than our current cats, Ash and mm. Zoe. Um, he is very nervous. He is howling a lot. So we're doing the whole thing of keeping Rocket away from Ash and Zoe for about a week. So they can kind of get, like, smell each other's, like, after they've left the space, you know, like, so yeah. they kind of get used to the space being shared by them. And okay. then hopefully everything goes smoothly as they actually meet each other. I hope so. Um, <laughs> I really yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like the more uh, I think about it, the more nervous I get that that's a potentially something that might not happen. But um, <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, it's not much to say so far. It's still <laughs> early. Next week, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that. That's good. That's good. It's it's always good to have a like new pets. It's always fun. Hopefully, hopefully they all get along. Um, mm. It sounds like more like Zoe and Rocket. I think hopefully can kind of satiate each other's kind of energetic kind of streaks because it seems like I like is it ash is more like kind of chill yeah so far has always been because she's the more energetic one she seems to be less um like nervous or afraid of having a new cat in the house somewhere because mm. they've yeah because they've met each other once through like the fly screen door at the side of a house um yeah from Anyway, yeah, so they've seen each other, and from, I wasn't there, but from how it was described to me, Zoe was far less apprehensive than Ash was, oh, so, okay. which is kind of expected, but we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, yeah, I'm more worried about Ash and Rocket than I am Zoe, I think. Especially because they'd be both be boys, right? Yeah, that. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. But I think they just don't have personalities that will necessarily mesh with other cats gotcha. so easily. Mm. Yeah, so... Okay. But, yeah, hopeful, but not. <laughs> just lots of variables right now. Oh, fair enough. Well, hopefully hopefully that goes well. Um, let's uh, let's uh, keep, get straight into it because it's, it's been a bumper week of news. Things like, I think last week we had a pretty big, like... A bit of news just by the virtue of us missing a week there, but this past week has been crazy just in and of itself. So, John, um, let's uh, kick things off with the news theme. Dude, what the hell is happening with GTA 6? <laughs> yes, oh my god. GTA 6 was. <laughs> I guess leaked <laughs> in a big way mm. on Sunday or Monday, or I'm not sure quite how it timed out for us in Australia. I think it was Sunday everywhere else. Um, 
But yeah, yes, GTA 6 has undergone one of the biggest video game leaks in history. So on September 19, a user on the GTA forums called Teapot Uber Hacker. Uber is the important part because this hacker claims he's also the one, or they're also the one responsible for hacking Uber, like the you know ride-sharing company, huh. somewhat recently. Yeah. So I don't, you know, whether that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. But this user posted 90 videos from a test build of GTA 6 running with, quote, GTA 5 and 6 source code and assets. So a lot of it visually wasn't really different from what we expected or what we've seen before, rather. But it's um, it had a lot of other details included in it. So since that leak, um, Rockstar have actually confirmed that it's all real, which I think they didn't really have much other choice just from how comprehensive <laughs> yeah. this leak was. Yeah. So from their like from their quote, they've said that um, quote an un- an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. And yeah, GTA publisher Take Two, um, they've been using copyright strikes to take down videos from any mainstream video that hosts mainstream website that hosts them. Which is why you're not seeing footage of it on yeah. the stream. Watching. Yeah. Um, but and you probably can't find it unless you go to some more shady websites, I imagine. But um, it wasn't. As someone who did see a little bit of it, it wasn't crazy. You know, very it's very early development. Yeah, lots of text over the screen describing things happening because yeah. it was, you know, in development. My screen's messing up. Okay, good. Oh, <laughs> I was okay. the stream would have gone down. Um, okay. So, yeah, so from the development footage we've seen, like from, um, and as other people have broken it down, this kind of lines up with some of the rumors we've heard so far about GTA 6. So part of this includes um, that it will have, <laughs> I've kind of, my screen's broken slightly, so I'm kind of going off memory. Um, oh, so no. first off <laughs> is that it's going to feature at least two protagonists. Um, in a Bonnie and Clyde style setup, so one man and one woman. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the the woman is a Latina person. Um, from the footage, we've kind of gotten their names. One is Jason, and the other is Lucia. Lucia. Lucia is probably right. Um, and hang on, <laughs> I've got to fix my thing. No, I have no. to like highlight everything to <laughs> see the footage, the content again. Um, <laughs> Aside from that, like we haven't seen their, um, we don't know their last names, just got first names. Um, aside from that, gtabase.com, uh, they have published a comprehensive breakdown of all the details that people have been able to find in these 90 videos posted online. So I won't say all of them. There are quite a few, but I'll, I'll list off a bunch of the ones that were notable to me. So first off, the dialogue system from Red Dead 2 is making its GTA de- debut. So from what you re- if you remember or you haven't played it, that means that basically like outside of cutscenes, you can kind of interact with people by bringing up, like I think usually hold R2 and it brings up a few like, um, you know, kind of dialogue prompts attached mm. to each face button. So from the footage, you see greet, threaten and rob. We're seeing in the, this, <laughs> a, in a scene in a diner robbery where you're approaching different NPCs. Um, you can only carry two rifles and two pistols like Red Dead 2, which is a big change if that's still in the game when it launches. 
there's a, a number of other Red Dead 2 mechanics in GTA 6, seemingly. A lot of them are to do with like robbery-like mechanics, like being able to loot bodies or tie up people or stuff like that. There are stealth mechanics, so new animations include crouching and going prone. There are additional item slots for painkillers, health kit, and body armor. Another big change for the series. There are references to RPG elements, such as food, drink, sweat, fatigue, and animal taming, and I assume several others, which a lot of this kind of aligns closely with what Red Dead 2 achieved as a game, like, because I had, like, that was very expansive mechanically for a Rockstar game. So a lot of this seems to be that they very much took the bones of Red Dead 2 for the gay sticks, <laughs> which I think makes a lot of sense. Like, because that's kind of how they've always operated, you know? Like Rockstar, they've always... Every game is in service of the next GTA. <laughs> like, that's always seemingly how it goes. Yeah. Seems like you prototype with the Red Dead and then that... Or oh, it kind of makes its way... Yeah, yeah, like into the next title, yeah. Um, police seem to be much smarter, have much like stronger AI, so they won't shoot at players right away. They'll give them time to surrender before they actually do that, which is interesting. I like the idea of adding depth to that. And one video features a lake that could be from Miami. Oh, that that could be far from Miami. So this kind of implies that. Um, this game won't be set just in Vice City. It will actually be a big chunk of Florida, like the state of Florida. And there's also another location in the game called Port Gellhorn, which was seen on the side of police cars. So this could also imply that the world is large enough to have more than just one city. Mm. So rather than just, you know, because like if you remember GTA 5, GTA 5 has San, oh, is it San Andreas or just like the There's... main... Or is it Las Venturas? Last, or something else? It was... Because <laughs> uh, Las Ven... So I think it was, it was set in Los Santos. Ah, okay. Because that's, that's the LA equivalent. San Andreas was the equivalent of California as a state. Las Venturas was Las Vegas. And San Fierro was San Francisco. But I think GTA V was like Los Santos plus like the surrounding area. I think yeah like my main yeah. point is that like to the south of the map in gta 5 is the city mm. and everything else is like more or less wilderness with small bits of urban parts yep it sounds like it'll be more than just the single city but actually at least a couple i guess mm. which is also like something when i think about it, it's like oh that's new like i don't think it was new for san andreas i think yep. that one had like a big but it's like i don't know i haven't played that one so it's new to me um but yeah, aside from that, there's like more info on GTA Base if you want to seek it out. But basically, there's a lot of information in these videos, more than I kind of got the impression of when I yeah. saw the, like a couple of them. So it's, um, yeah. So, yeah, just to kind of wrap up that part, um, these all these files um, seem to be running on a PlayStation 4 dev kit. And these, so these clips might be a few years old. Um, a source with knowledge of GA6's development told PC Gamer, who reported on some of this, that the majority of the videos would likely have been attached to bug reports from QA testers. Um, so there's also been fears that this might actually mess with work from home um, freedoms mm. for Rockstar, which is very disappointing. 
No, I know this leak was like all that beneficial anyway. It's like, you know, don't really want something like this happening when it could have such an impact. But um, yeah, so yeah. Like, have you had much thoughts on it, Opia? Um, like from what I saw, it um, like it, it looked like it animated pretty nicely. Like it was obviously the footage that I did see was I think like maybe was from the diner scene or something but it, it animated pretty well like it, it had the female character Lucia kind of was the the one being played um admittedly by the time I think I got around to it like most of the footage had been taken down so I didn't get to actually see uh any of the the footage itself um but like I skipped five because I don't know I just found the characters I think I, maybe the marketing and stuff like just seemed very problematic and just seemed like I don't know. I think I was just kind of done with the fact that like I'm playing with like three kind of they they just represented different aspects of like masculinity that I'm just like why like you know they just like all three of them like were douches but in different ways and I'm just like eh I don't find it appealing I can just skip this one like yeah that's yeah, true I don't know like a lot of GTA 5s story and character elements are like they really hit missed the mark for me yeah so, so i was like oh okay like this like i don't know who knows maybe like this might be one that i can get into but i, I don't know there are so many open world games and stuff now like i still haven't even played the witcher 3 so i'm like i'd probably just play that and also the fact that like you know that'll probably at this stage run pretty well on my computer versus like a brand new game that'll you know maybe have to upgrade for <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this game won't melt my pc yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so after this leak there was a lot of um people online kind of taking it as ammo to kind of criticize the work kind of not understanding or not willing to understand that a lot of this is like so completely unfinished and so evidently unfinished because you see again like all the like the clips from what i've seen is just like very in development very un unfinished and there's just like all these like text just popping up all over the screen with all these like you know incorrect colors unfinished texture work all that stuff yeah so it's like obviously not nothing about it is even close to being done or anything yeah or representative of any work at all um anyway this led to the main character of twitter yesterday um kind of making a tweet that focused all attention on him or them i don't know never know like as in the but, user um, called the main character okay that's just the running joke basically uh, like the running joke is that you don't want to be the main character of twitter oh i was gonna say because like yeah because I, I don't even know where this quote came from. Um, uh, but oh, it, it came from this one dude who everyone okay. suddenly noticed. Yeah, um, just like, so, who the f... Yeah, I just remember seeing, because I saw all these other developers kind of kind of share some stuff with Solidarity that, that I know you're going to talk about, it, and I was just trying to figure out where it came from, this okay. thing. So when you said the main character, <laughs> I'm like... I think there's what? like, he, they weren't the only one saying this kind of stuff. Gotcha. This one was just gotcha. especially funny. Yeah. So the tweet itself is, quote, if you knew how game development goes, you'd know that visuals are one of the first things done. This game is four years into planning and development. What you see is almost exactly what you get. Next year is mission coding and debugging, all back-end stuff. It does look like ass. That's the whole tweet. And it's, it's so <laughs> Like, I think the fact that it starts off, if you know how game development works. If you know how game development goes, works. 
It's like, I feel like even wow. like a basic understanding of how it works, which is probably what we have as people who don't do it. Yeah. But even, you know, even lesser, you know, even people who don't follow stuff kind of, kind of tell it's like, yeah, that's not right. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so I don't know what, where they're pulling this out of. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So after that, oh, my God. Um, it was followed on by like a lot of game devs, like actual game devs dunking on them. So a lot of them, people who worked on Control, Ratchet and Clank, Uncharted 4, mm. Cult of the Lamb, just sharing images and videos of like, you know, very in work, in work in progress versions of their very pretty looking final games. Just to, yeah. So I guess that was a nice moment overall. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of like a silver lining in something that's could have unprecedented effects on a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, Oh, that was something I forgot to mention as part of the leak was that the leaker may also have claimed to have source code of GTA 6, which could have a big impact on um, if that ever gets out, that could like completely unravel the GTA online and just Rockstar's like product line, as I understand it. Yeah. There's a lot of implications with that being a thing. Well, so, and the worry there is like, you know, when you have this that many people working from home you know that's that many you know that many logins that many file transfers and things like this with so many moving parts like this this i hope this doesn't become an excuse for you know managers at other companies to kind of force people to go back to working in an office you know that's mm. yeah. yeah so yeah it's scary not. yeah exactly um and finally, after this leak, Take Two, like the publisher of Rockstar Games, um, their stock has dropped by more than six percent in the pre-market trading. I think it bumped up a little bit by the time it that period ended. But um, yeah, so in an effort to kind of um, stop this fall, Take Two confirmed in a statement that it did not expect the leaks to affect the game's development. And then expanded in a, another um, statement to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission that said that, quote, Rockstar Games recently experienced a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from its systems, including early development footage. Um, current Rockstar Games services are unaffected. We're already taking steps to isolate and contain this incident. Work on this game will continue as planned. Basically trying to convince people that our product... And overall, you know, market. Nothing's on fire. Not yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically investors which are scared, they could be scared by anything. But, <laughs> like, you know, because that happens Especially, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, this, you know, this is a good example of going, oh, this could, <laughs> this could affect my money. I better pull out. Um, mm. But, yeah, so there's a... Yeah, there's also an Alan analyst, Andrew Yurkowitz. Not sure how to pronounce that exactly. Um, he told Reuters, quote, if the source code leaks, it can necessitate significant changes under the hood of the game to ensure stability and the server integrity of GTA 6 online once it launches, which is basically what I was trying to say earlier. So it's like, if if that's true, that could lead to mm. like major consequences for a game that's already taken a long time to come out and has a lot, yeah. a lot of backing behind it. Yeah let alone any other game really yeah but it's, um, it's like um yeah this is probably like one of the worst things that could happen like mm. to, to like anything 
um, that's in progress, like of this scale. Uh, hopefully, I just I, I hope that it, if if like the source code is revealed or something, I hope Rockstar doesn't turn around and be like, "Well, I guess we're starting from scratch now," because <laughs> that's. I'm not, well, it's like yeah. I'm not sure if they even can do that. Really, that probably just. I'm not sure what they'll do. Probably have to just plug the leaks whenever it, plug the hacks or whatever happens. Mm. But I wonder, like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess like, other people would know better than either of us. But I wonder if, like, just how few options they have in a, in a scenario like that. I, I would, I would wager that Take Two Interactive would be like, whatever money you need to beef up your security and make sure that you know hackers and stuff don't like hackers or people don't cheat their way out of the inevitable kind of billions of dollars they'll make out of the new version of GTA Online will kind of mean that that's kind of taken care of maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then uh, I've, on screen, I've, I've got the, the message from Rockstar Games on Twitter kind of acknowledging the leak, which, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's not, not, not much to it. It's just, you know, kind of just acknowledging that, hey, that the leak, the leaked assets, the leaked um, videos, yeah, they're real. They they are legit. So that's um that's just kind of like the the final, just confirmation that you know that I think people were still I think people still holding out saying oh maybe it's not GTA and then it's like no no it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but talking about big changes in the game development scene. Yeah, so we've had some pretty hectic news from the uh from the from the the graphics card uh, scene which which potentially could have a lot of impact on you know cons- pc gamers and then uh, like you know people who are looking to build pcs or or even try to get their hands on some second hand stuff cuz EVGA um, which is one of Nvidia's longest serving partners has announced that it is pulling out of the uh, the graphics card manufacturing business. So, in short, uh, NVIDIA doesn't... Well, until recently, NVIDIA is... You could say like the the, mo- like the most popular, like has got the largest market share of graphics cards, you know, both like commercially and, and like for consumers. And what the way they work is that they don't make the graphics cards themselves. They make kind of the, the GPU, the chip, you know, kind of the chips that go on the graphics cards, and they rely on partners like ASUS, EVGA, MSI, um, you know, Zotac, and other companies to actually do pretty much all the heavy lifting in terms of manufacturing, um, packaging, at like marketing, and things like that. So, what's happened is that uh, this was, I think, this is on Saturday our time. Uh, uh, YouTube channels Gamers Nexus, so Steve Burke um, from Gamers Nexus and Jason Langevin from Jay's Two Cents, as well as a veteran, I guess, like GPU pundit. I don't, I don't know how to put him. Like he's kind of like an expert. Uh, John Petty broke the news that uh, EVGA uh, has terminated its agreement with NVIDIA and is not going to be involved in manufacturing any new graphics cards. So the 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 company's uh, kind of cited 
Uh, the company CEO kind of said that this was more a matter of quote principle rather than just straight finance, like a financial decision. So, according to Gamers Nexus, EVGA claimed that it made its decision based on a, a few different things. So, you know, Nvidia not providing any kind of indicative or like recommended retail pricing with any of its partners uh, prior to the like the public announcement. Like, so to put that into perspective, like imagine, like you're you're buying, manufacturing, and planning to release millions of units of these graphics cards. You you may know how much it costs you to make, and how much you're buying, kind of some of the parts from your suppliers, but you don't actually know how much you can sell your end product for. <laughs> like that's a that's a pretty big part of the financial kind of decision making that you that you're not given access to so like as soon as like Jensen Juan who's the um CEO Ooh, sorry the finder the founder and CEO of Nvidia he gets up on stage makes the announcement about the recommended retail price for the for the graphics cards and it's like oh by the way that's when you find out and you're our, like our closest working partners which is uh, I think pretty it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> like it's, it, yeah, it's it's not like um, I don't know. It's like it's not fair to the process they're part of. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And that uh, I guess what's happened is that um, I guess like as part of the 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 crypto crash, um, that a lot of kind of graphics like EVGA and all of the um, kind of other partners that are manufacturing NVIDIA-based graphics cards are kind of like taking a hit, like now having to sell a lot of graphics cards at loss because, you know, the used market's been flooded by all these cards that were designed for mining. And then now like they've kind of, they tried, to, they probably overcorrected ordered like made too many cards because there was such a shortage for so long. And that now that that, that demand has just like crumbled. Now they've got all this other inventory that they're trying to get rid of and they're saying that they're they're potentially losing hundreds of dollars per card. Like for like the 3080, 3080 Ti, 3090 and 3090 Ti, like those high-end cards, like they're, they're potentially, they're allegedly losing hundreds of US dollars per unit, which um they're saying that, you know, NVIDIA doesn't necessarily, uh, that nvidia doesn't necessarily feel that because uh like a, a couple of generations ago nvidia entered nvidia actually started making its own graphics cards based on its own um like kind of chips so then nvidia became a competitor to all of these partners but nvidia you know probably doesn't it probably doesn't make nvidia doesn't cost as much to nvidia to manufacture these cards because you know, they're not having to buy their own parts for themselves. You know what I mean? So they're potentially able to weather the storm a bit better. But the other thing is NVIDIA also uh, employs uh, and, and like restricts these partners with very strict price ceilings and price floors. So what's been happening most recently is that these Founders Edition cards, which are basically NVIDIA's own 
versions of their graphic of their graphics chips, like the cards that feature their graphics chips of the current generation, are potentially selling sometimes lower than what the third parties are selling them for. So it's like, how are you meant to compete with that when the person you're buying the parts from is selling the final product against you, but cheaper than you can? You know, and, yeah, that's. Uh, that's yeah. It reminds me of like how Amazon operates. No, that is all that related. It's just yeah. you know, just a big company pushing even harder on people yeah. who help make money for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because to be like, this this is a, a partnership that goes back to the year two thousand when EVGA launched the first kind of like third party coolers that could be attached onto Nvidia graphics cards, and then from two thousand two, I think it was that. Uh, EVG actually started became a graphics card manufacturer, and allegedly, um, Nvidia actually relied on EVG, EVGA. And I don't think this is like officially confirmed, but based on the fact that you know the designs of the circuit boards and the part numbers and everything were pretty much the same, that the reference board, so like the things that Nvidia sent sends out to its development partner, saying, "Hey, this is kind of like." Think of this as the benchmark. This is what the standard product looks like. You can modify this to make your own creations. Like apparently some of those were actually made by EVGA. So like that this is a definitely a this is like like a very messy divorce in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. And the and apparently the uh EVGA told Gamers Nexus that it told NVIDIA of its decision to withdraw from graphics card manufacturing in April, um, but that no one else except for senior management at either company actually knew about this until these YouTube videos and this John Petty article went live. So, like, employees are both... Like, you know, I'd, I'd be freaking stressed if I was working in the graphics card team, like, <laughs> at um, EVGA, yeah. because... Because <laughs> according to what EVGA told Gamers Nexus, seventy-eight percent of its gross revenue comes from graphics card sales, twenty percent comes from power supply sales, and then the last two percent comes from all the other products combined. So, like, imagine, like, you know, almost eighty percent of them of the money coming in is is from that one department, and now that one department's gone. What's going to happen to all those people working in that department now? EVGA CEO says that he's not planning to let anyone go. He's planning to keep everyone employed. But at some point, you know, either people are going to be like, well, I want to work in a project that I, you know, believe in, that, I want, that I'm fulfilled in. So they're going to go somewhere else. Or eventually the people who are just kind of being paid out of good faith but not really working on anything, at some point you're going to start losing money on that and you're going to have to cut them off. You know, like, it's, it's, I, I get the, the, like, you know, the, the, the CEO, like, kind of saying, this is, this is like, we're doing this on principle, we don't want to work with such a toxic partner, but it's like, that, that, okay, fine, but what about your employees, you know, like, I think there was, like, I, I can't say it for sure, but I remember when, like, looking into the story, like, a a day or two afterwards yeah uh, i think there was some like this year did sort of um confirm there were going to be employee losses yeah you know coming soon or eventually or whatever like uh, I, as I expected know. i think yeah 
yeah, but not that said, any... like, he doesn't plan to lay people off thing exactly like, in the moment with these yeah. interviewers more than you know because it sounds quite like a relatively passionate ceo for yeah. someone in that position and so it, um, yeah and he's know. getting old now like he's like late 50s or early 60s so he's getting like he's getting old now and it's like he he also talked about you know allegedly talking about you know, wanting to spend more time with the family and then just like that wasn't like it wasn't enough like the working relationship with NVIDIA wasn't it wasn't enough to kind of justify dedicating so much time and effort um, versus other projects but it's like then hire people to do that for you <laughs> you know then you you take a step back and be an advisor or something you know and then let someone else run the day to day and deal with all that shit if you want to spend more time with your family mm. Yeah, that's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like because like when it first started, it's like I think everyone wanted answers, and there weren't really any very satisfying ones. No, like just because it's like such an odd situation that yeah. is like didn't really have like a clear like it has a motivation behind it, but yeah. not like it's not much of a solution to that no. problem that it's being um that's being outlined. So it's um. Yeah, it's just kind of because, like, from what I can tell, EVGA was like had a very good reputation among people who 100%. know about this stuff more than I do. Yeah, like, like way more than the others. I had an EVGA card previous to this one, and it was excellent. Like, yes, they had issues with um, not having adequate cooling on some of their like memory kind of. I think like power module, like they're called VRMs. I think they're for like modulating power, controlling power. So what they did was they basically figured out a solution where they have like these thermal pads that they re- that they give out and then they basically they shipped it for free to all the customers who were affected and saying hey um here are instructions to open up your card and do this um you know if, if you and here are some clear instructions here's everything you need it will honor your warranty and everything like that so don't worry like you know if you break a seal to open it like don't don't worry about that and that was like that was actually pretty very smooth like pretty smooth um and like i the card ran great like evga has some of the best warranty kind of schemes and um like warranty kind of policies they were always like they had a reputation of being very consumer friendly now according to john petty's like kind of discussions with other like other partners like who spoke anonymously saying that hey maybe they're a bit too generous because like you know they were giving away too many things or like they had a program called the step up program where if you bought a graphics card and say i think it was like within a certain like 30 days or something like that if a new graphics card got announced you could actually they would actually basically give you credit you you give your graphics card back and they'll give you cr- the entire purchase price back as credit towards the equivalent on the of, of the new s- series so it's like they're going out of their pocket to kind of like help people out like that. Like and these people are talking about, you know, that's that's kind of like I think the quote was like suicidal. Like <laughs> kind of like a okay. business model. Um and the other thing um is also that I think unlike other add in board partners like Asus and stuff, like EVGA does offload some of its manufacturing to other third parties. So, you know, it meant that of the the small margin you got from each graphics card, you'd have to dedicate some of that to other partners that you know your competitors may not need to do and that's not necessarily nvidia's fault that's just the way you're running your own company mm. yeah i mean yeah but it's still still shitty still, 
Like it's still kind of something where it's like I wouldn't really. I still kind of come away from the story. I mean, maybe I still don't know enough, but I come away from it still thinking worse of Nvidia than I do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, this is very clever on EVGA's part because EVGA control the messaging because EVGA you know, set up these interviews with these YouTubers and these people and then they're the ones who created the reporting. You know, it's it wasn't like a joint announcement. It wasn't like NVIDIA wasn't involved in kind of the dissemination of the information. So it was kind of like, you have to, like there's, there's, there's a bit of a, there's truth on both sides. So uh, like a few different like YouTube personalities and tech, like journalists have kind of corroborated, I guess like some of the claims that they've made in terms of, it being difficult to work with NVIDIA. Um, and that's not just this year, like that's from even years past. Even retailers like have had issues with kind of working with NVIDIA. Um, and like this is kind of like the latest in it, but like for someone to make, this is sort of like a putting your money where your mouth is, like giving up almost 80% of your revenue every year because of the toxic working relationship. Like that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big move like for any industry. Mm. yeah it's like also i'm not sure if you said it but there was like a line here that says that he didn't want to work with amd or intel yeah um to not betray nvidia which seems like a contradictory it was very weird yeah which maybe that's just the move to more like protect the company long term without him than it is yeah to you know any anything else i don't know yeah because like maybe there's like some sort of like I don't know, maybe there's some sort of like acknowledgement of the fact that, you know, yes, we we aren't happy with the way things are, but we have also been a partner for so long. Or maybe there is like some sort of legal thing that he can't talk about just yet that'll come to light in a future report, you know, like a non-compete thing or something like that. Or maybe it's like, because um, like sometimes like there there are rules like, kind of clauses and contracts when you terminate saying like okay you don't work with us anymore but because you're still you like you still ha- you're privy to a lot of private information and commercially sensitive information means you can't work with a competitor for a certain amount of time you know mm-hmm. so who knows maybe he's also leaving the door open for like yeah you're right like maybe amd and intel like working with them in the future just not now because you know I, I bet you either one of those companies would definitely benefit from like a, a, a veteran kind of like company like EVGA handling a lot of the, the manufacturing, mm. especially Maybe Intel. Maybe idea with like not like laying people off either. Maybe there is just, I don't know, yeah. now we're getting conspiratorial, I think. But like, yeah, um, yeah. Like yeah, all I don't we, know. Yeah. All, all we really know is um, the relationship was sour. You know, how many of these claims can... Like, uh, like 100% the way EVGA says, but like for what it's worth, like NVIDIA was just like, yep. Uh, like NVIDIA's statement was basically like, yep, uh, good luck to you. And then that was mm-hmm. kind of it, it. So, well, it's not much. Uh, uh, let's just say NVIDIA had other things to focus on this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to close that story off, uh, EVGA said that it has enough inventory and stock on hand to fulfill any. Um, warranty or repair or even replacement kind of claims through the end of the year um, but uh, don't expect any new any new stock to arrive on shelves 
uh, for the 30 series and definitely not for the 40 series even though like EVGA had gotten deep into the deep enough into the the product the production kind of like planning to um, do kind of like these engineering samples of the 40 series cards but if, if you see anything like that online like those are very clearly like prototypes they're not it's not like oh no EVGA secretly had a stash of some cards so that's just mm-hmm. um yeah that's that'll wrap it up for that well it's a developing story so we'll we'll find out more over the next kind of week or so um yeah but speaking of uh nvidia and, and, and major news uh nvidia followed up a couple of days later uh by announcing the 40 series of its rtx graphics cards so essentially uh it's been every couple of years uh nvidia seems to roll out a new uh, series of graphics cards that you know sometimes don't actually change that much in terms of performance but sometimes actually make a huge difference when it comes to uh, performance uh, from compared to the previous generation this time around uh nvidia's announced uh they've they've announced um the RTX 4090, so that takes up the top slot, the 4080 16 gig, and then the 4080 12 gig. Now, that's all well and good on paper until you actually look at the specs and then you realize that the the 4090 to the RTX 4080 is a huge jump in the processing cores or CUDA cores as they're called. Like compared to just over 16,000 on the 4090, you're going to just under 10,000 on the 4080, which kind of indicates that there's going to be like a 4080 Ti that kind of sits in between. Plus you're going from um, a 24 gigs of GDR6X memory to 16 gig on the, the the highest spec 4080 so you could see like a 20 gig model that kind of slides in there like a 3080 uh ti or even like a f- like a i don't know 4090 20 gig that's like a cut down version now where it gets interesting is that the the 4080 so if the 4090 is the top so the 90 series the 90 ti is kind of like the top 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 then the 80 series is kind of like the high-end enthusiast then the the 4070 or whatever it's going to be called then the f- is kind of like your think of it this way 4090 is like su- like super ridiculous money hungry people the 4080 is like think of that as being like great for a 4k screen the 4070 being like 1440p and then 4060 being like a 1080 and going lower and lower so the the interesting thing here is that the 4080 is split into two two types now they're labeled they're both called the rtx 4080 but one has 16 gigs of ram one has 12 gigs of ram but that's not that's not just it the there's also like a 20 percent reduction in the like a roughly 20 percent reduction in the number of processing cores they have so not only will you have you know like 25% less memory to work with, you're going to have 20% less um, like effective processing power technically to work with. So this 4080, so if you're, if you're going to the shop and you're not super up on what's happening, you just look at the 12 gig, the 16 gig, you're like, oh, I don't necessarily need the 16 gig card. I'll just go for the 12 gig because everything else is the same until you look on the back of the box and then you see the fine print. You know, this is... I think this... This is really frustrating because ideally it would just be like, okay, that's the 4090, the 4080, and the 4070. 
right? They'll just make it easy. I know which one is going to be. But I think the speculation online is that because of the fact that the price of the 4080, the 12 gig version is so high, if you called it a 70 series, which implies mid-range for in like from the way that NVIDIA has kind of had its kind of product tiers for the last like few generations, people might gawk at the price and not want to buy it. So that that's kind of like the, the speculation happening online. Now, in terms of pricing, here's uh here's what we'll be uh expecting to pay here in Australia. So this this is from Kotaku Australia. This was confirmed shortly after the announcement. So in Australia, for the RTX forty ninety, the recommended retail price is two thousand nine hundred and fifty nine dollars. So which um and in the US it's one thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars which if you translate means that we're paying just over $550 more in Australia versus if you do like a one-to-one USD to AUD conversion, right? So the, the, the Australia tax is back in full effect here, apparently. The RTX 4080 16-gig model is $2,219 in Australia, and, and which is... Uh, uh, and eleven ninety nine in in America. So we're paying just over $400 more with like the Australia tax. And then if you look at the RTX 4080, the the 12 gig version, that's going to retail for 16.59 in Australia versus 8.99 in the US, um which is only just over $300 more of like a dip- discrepancy. So that's a bit more kind of like reasonable. Now they're not cheap. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? None of them are cheap. But it's um like it's like I don't know, like I think graphics cards are getting more and more expensive, more and more power hungry, like and and just like I don't know, like NVIDIA promises like four times performance in the in the graphics, like in some like controlled situations. But we're gonna to have to wait until like the actual um, kind of like final analysis happens because that's where we're gonna actually see like third independent kind of tests being done. The 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 other thing to kind of that Nvidia announced alongside all of this um, was the fact that there's gonna be much more performance when it comes to ray tracing because this will be the third generation that's built around ray tracing and they've got third gen RT cores. So like some of those CUDA cores I mentioned before. Are going to be dedicated to ray tracing doing in real time, um, which means that lights are actually created and dynamically lit up versus like they actually lit up as like rays of light as as like much more closer to how thing how light works in real life versus things that are kind of like faked, like approximated or kind of like you, you kind of like oh this this light is always in one position and no matter where you are it'll just light things up the same way. That's why, like, when you when you play like a game like Last of Us or something, and you're you're technically in like a shadow area, there's some sort of weird glow around like a box or something, even though it should technically be in shadow. It's just that the way the lighting works, it just doesn't line up with how it works in reality, you know. And when you have ray tracing, you you might visually see that okay, um, there's a lamppost here, so if I move this direction, the lighting should change, and it'll realistically change. Um, you know, things would realistically be in shadow rather than having like weird lighting coming out of like kind of that seemingly 
doesn't make sense. Like there's no light. It's 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 one of those things that's very difficult to explain. But when when you see videos of ray tracing working, you'll actually understand how it works. So that's that's like another another big imp- area of improvement. So ray tracing performance in, on top of regular performance, and then uh, a new version of DLL DLSS, which they call a DLSS three. So DLSS is basically deep learning super sampling. Essentially, instead of running an image say at 4K as it is, you run it at a lower resolution and then just kind of scale it up using like algorithms, right? So it just means that your com- as far as your computer is concerned, it's the game's running at 1080, but then the, it's using software tricks to stretch stretch the image and make it uh, and make it look like it's f- 4K. Mm. So it's just like it's just like a way to cheat to get you know decent looking graphics at at good frame rates um, at a high resolution. And apparently, like, this is like a... There's new instruction sets. There's new kind of programming here that wasn't possible on the previous hardware. So that's why this is a bigger jump from, say, what happened with the RTX 30 series from a couple of years ago versus what happened from, like, the original 20 series moving to the 30 series, which is, like, like not as big of a jump. So you're going from yeah. version one to two to three. Yeah, from a quote I sort of found here, it says DLSS three now generates entirely new frames through the use of optical flow, motion vectors, and deep learning. Seven out of eight pixels being rendered with DLSS three come from neural rendering. Rendering. Yeah. So it sounds like a big jump in how they actually yeah render things now. Yeah, like they're actually creating entirely new images rather than taking an existing image and and kind of duplicating it in a and like filling in gaps and stuff. So uh once again it'll be time will tell how this will really work. Like we won't get um the 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 RTX forty ninety is scheduled to be released next month um worldwide. Well in the US and Australia, which is probably where most of our listeners are. Um with the forty eighty cards expected later in the year. So expect them to be like November, December. However, if it's anything like what happened with the RTX thirty eight, the the thirty series, I don't know, because like there was a, so much of a shortage of graphics cards from the thirty series launch onwards that it's like they never sold. They didn't actually sell for retail price on a wide scale until this year, or like two years after they came out, and that's partly because the crypto boom crashed. And people like kind of uh, the biggest part of that was that Ethereum, which is one of the big kind of like stable coins, went from a proof of work model to a proof of ownership. So you could just kind of do your own mining and then generate Ethereum. Now that's no longer available. You have to actually show that you purchased purchased it from somewhere. So then all these people who bought all these graphics cards and were like buying them like as soon as they came in stock were. Um, now have kind of offloaded all those extra GPUs they were using because they don't need them anymore. And that's kind of flooded the used market, which has meant that there's more supply than demand. And so new graphics cards prices have plummeted as well. So I yeah, think, so, yeah. So you'll, be, you, if you, you'll probably get lucky and be able to buy a 4090 at $2,400. At a reasonable price, apparently. Yes. Um, yeah, on uh, prices, I had yeah. this. Um, there was another thing where the CEO Jensen Huang mm. he had a Q and A session where he mentioned how 
when he was discussing these extreme prices of the um gpus that he mentioned that was a quote he says the 3080 was and still is great value and it'll continue to live on which kind of implies they're going to start creating more of a hierarchy yeah that remains rather yeah. than i think that's how it works like rather than currently it kind of you know one generation is completely replaced by the next yeah. one yeah so that might explain yeah. and there's still a lot of stock around pricing yeah, yeah and there's and there's still like a lot of stock around and and the thing is like the the ju- the jump from 10 series to 20 series wasn't as wasn't that big um but the um for like non ray tracing games but the jump from 20 series to 30 series was huge mm-hmm. like you had a mid-range card outperforming the top of the range card that came out 6 months before at at yeah. like a third of the price well at retail price now it's like um, you know they're claiming something similar, but we'll we'll see how it actually pans out. Like for me, like the RTX forty eighty twelve gig is probably the sweet spot from price to performance. But it's just like trying to figure out how much it'll actually be and and how readily available it'll be. Because let's not forget that the the chip shortage still hasn't finished. Like we're still struggling. Like companies are still struggling to to develop. Like you know, to put microchips in cars and things like that, it's it's affecting everyone. But yeah, um, so that we'll uh, hopefully uh, we'll 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 learn more about like the mid-range cars, like the forty seventy and the forty sixty. Hopefully, uh, it'll be probably early next year because that's generally how Nvidia does it, like starts from the top down. But later this year, I think it's in November. I think we're expecting to to hear about uh, AMD's RDNA three cards. So the RDNA two cards. Uh, their current generation that seem to have um like kind of like equalized like they're not as good but they've equalized with nvidia whereas they used to be way behind before but now hopefully with the rdna3 they're going to be at least equal if not better in a lot of these games and potentially better price because that's that's the huge that's i think the, the thing that's going to matter to most people yeah yeah definitely um mm. but Wrapping up NVIDIA, got a mm. bunch of little smaller stories yeah. um, that we'll go through quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So first off, EA, um, their studio Motive Studios and Marvel Games are now working on an Iron Man game that they've sort of technically announced without much detail. A few, uh, well, I mean, there's a bit, a bit of detail. So in collaboration with Marvel Games, this Iron Man game will be a single-player, third-person action-adventure title. Um, it's currently in pre-production, which means it's pretty far off especially for a game being developed in 2022. <laughs> it's probably going to take five years. Um, the game development team is being led by executive producer Olivia Pru. I'm not sure, quite sure how to pronounce the LX at the end. Um, uh, he previously yeah, worked on Marvel's Pru? Guardians of the Galaxy at Idos Montreal. Yeah. And EA has also said this is the first of several new games being co- um, created with Marvel. So this kind of harkens back to a previous report, which I think we mentioned on the podcast at one point, mm. that will there will be that EA is apparently making a single player open world Black Panther game. And um, that is in the early, early stages of development at a new studio headed by Kevin Stevens. So he was a former boss at Monolith, who the developer who made Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor and a few other a number of other games. So yeah, so EA is in the Marvel business now. Alongside, no, apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently now, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but it's not the last EA thing, I guess. Mm. With um, FIFA. Yeah, we had a... I was going to say, uh, let me get that trailer up in the background. Um, so this, this kind of like... It was rumored and then like kind of got announced not not long after is that uh ted lasso of the ted lasso tv show as well as uh, afc richmond which is the fictional uh football slash soccer club that he coaches in in the show is coming to fifa 23 so it's uh you'll see like a, a you'll see a virtual likeness of ted lasso in the game um complete in all its uh, robotic animated glory <laughs> as well as uh, the team uh, like the team and their likenesses from the show as well so you know the, our favourites like Roy Kent um, uh, uh, Jamie oh, Jamie Tart um, I was going to say what's the Mexican guy's name the the Mexican player I forgot his name um, and, and then you got Sam uh, Obasanya, like you've got like kind of all the favorites that you're looking for from the show or in the game. So that that's going to be a huge um, that's going to be really, it's a, it's a really fun thing for like FIFA and Ted Lasso fans because, uh, the show is brilliant. <laughs> like it's such a good show. I'm not sure if you've I seen feel it. Like Ted Lasso has like a huge proportion of audience that doesn't know anything about soccer though. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering quite what the cross section is. <laughs> I mean, it, I'm sure there's a lot of soccer fans who will care, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder. I, I can tell you that um, people, like, they love it. They love both. Because, like, if, if you're into football, you can kind of, like, uh, you can kind of, like, you, you pick up on the, like, kind of the references and, like, how some things are totally, like, if you know more about, like, football slash soccer, you get more out of it because you understand how much of a fish out of water he is. Um, whereas, uh, like, if you don't, like, you get, there's a lot of humor there that you'll get, but there's just some things that are just, like, funnier if you know the context of like how how ridiculous the things he's suggesting on how big of a change it is coming sure. coming to it but yeah it's a really good show uh, it's it's uh, g- great characters great acting it's like it's it's, it's bloody awesome <laughs> um but yeah we've got um we've got uh, some more news happening and this time from PlayStation and potentially uh the, a former boss moving over to the ever-increasing tyrant, uh, tyrant that is Tencent. Yeah. Uh, I feel like tyrant saying, so like, oh, that's, I need to... Let's say Megacorp. <laughs> I don't know. Zaibatsu. Yeah, what should we say? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, it's like, oh, we can't get slightly sued over that, can we? <laughs> I mean, no, we can't. But, you know. um, anyway, the former executive at PlayStation, Sean Layden, um, he left Sony in 2019. Um, so it's been a few years, but he has joined... Tencent, the games publisher, as a strategic advisor. Um, he announced the move on LinkedIn, as reported by GameIndustry.biz. Um, Layden said he is, quote, or he is to, quote, advise, assist, and support the team at Tencent as they deepen their activities and commitments within the industry. So this isn't the first, like, strategic advisory role he's taken mm. as well, or consulting, consulting no. role. So he's taken another one at at least Streamline Media Group. So this is kind of, I guess this is just a thing he's doing now, being a, a more of an advisor in a large scale sense, which is yeah. kind of smart. It makes sense for someone in, who's been in his position. Um, but yeah, more people going to Chinese corporations. Oh, and yeah. Like, is NetEase also Chinese? I think it is. I think NetEase is Korean. 
Oh, it is. Okay. I, I think sure. so. I'll find out, actually. Uh, um, Asian Gaming Mega Corp. It, uh, it is Chinese yeah. as well. Okay. Huh. Um, oh, yeah. I wanted to also say, because I forgot to put it on the news, that was like um, the game we mentioned last week, um, Stellar Blade. Yes. Was, it went on. We didn't. We're not going to discuss it now. That used to be called Project Eve for folks at home. Yeah. 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 That game is not Chinese. It's Korean. I was very wrong about really? that. Really? Oh. But also, <laughs> I was actually. I totally forgot about it. We would have discussed it otherwise, but it's kind of undergoing a bit of a um, being called out for its very significant uh, sexist practices, which is apparently very common in Korea right now. So I won't get into it now. I just kind of wanted to mention that I was yeah. wrong about it being Chinese. Okay, it's so. South Korean. Gotcha. No, good, good, good. That's that's some journalistic integrity right there. That's professionalism <laughs> there, John. Thank you. Thank you. Fixing <laughs> something a week later. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I, was, I was thinking like, could you imagine a world where a company like Tencent buys PlayStation from Sony? Like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I feel like Tencent are, are kind of happy being where spread they are. out. Yeah, like they like they own like almost, they own like half of, I think, Epic Games. They own outright like uh, Riot Games. Like they've got their yeah. f- finger in a lot of different pies. And just last week, they just, uh, like just earlier this month, I think it was, they uh, like took over the, like they got like, like just under fifty percent stake in the in the company that the Gimmo brothers, who own and run Ubisoft and GameLoft, like they just took under just under fifty percent of their company. So they've got like like eighteen percent or something of of Ubisoft as well. So they they they're definitely spreading themselves throughout. Yeah, um, yeah. I might be maybe I'm underselling quite a because I feel like they're they're more happy to get pillars of the game industry and yeah. not necessarily like relatively foundational ones like sony like as in like when you get like epic or lol like you're kind of getting money making factories yeah a lot of brand potential where i think with yeah. playstation doesn't really offer the same thing yeah but maybe i guess i don't know depends on what they want to get yeah yeah no yeah that's what i was just like thinking like imagine a world like that because i mean sony is a company like the playstation division has been kind of like them and i think their movie division is like kind of like keeping them going so i wonder like would sony part ways like it has to be like like i mean if playstation bought bungie for like billions of dollars um like then tencent would have to front so much more to like make that offer worth it to sony so i wonder if it'll be prepared to do that but yeah i, I don't know like could you imagine well uh, yeah. well like the yeah. other thing is that it's like i don't think is sony still Oh, we're talking out of our ass so much. But I was thinking about, like, where, um, because I know Japan has, like, pretty strict laws about companies being purchased or, like, mm. either, like, it wants to, to be purchased by Japanese companies generally. And there's, yeah. like, a lot of laws protecting the kind of, um, acquisitions True. that happen in America, as well as the idea that a Chinese company can go <laughs> take a Japanese or American one. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a lot more. Like, even Microsoft's take having like a lot of trouble with well i don't know we'll see how it goes but mm. having trouble with activision and that's just two an american company eating up another one yeah so it's, i don't know because like like think of it this way like 
could be a scenario where it's like, okay, um, PlayStation just offloads, moves all, like offloads all its Japanese assets to be run by PlayStation of America, right? But you're definitely sure, like politically, the American people, like, and and probably the government would intervene on like a Chinese, like you know, organization purchasing such a huge American, like by then American brand. And then if you go to Europe, like say they transfer everything to Europe, you know, Europe has pretty strong anti-competitive laws, and you know, and and like, and Britain also doesn't have a good relationship with China, so it'll be like, yeah, I guess it's not likely, but. You know, I guess stranger things have happened. So well, this well, is just like all speculation. Epic, kind of, it's like I guess, and oh yeah, and Riot, they're both American companies. Yeah, so. I, mean, yeah. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I guess. Hopefully yeah, it doesn't. Happen. I'm sick of these stories. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Anyway, in terms of lots of money. Yeah, in terms of lots of money and potentially shady companies, uh, <laughs> Robert Space Industries. So the company that uh, I think it was Chris Roberts set up. Um, so, Robert Space Industries, which kind of functions as a publisher for Cloud Imperium Games, which is the developer of Star Citizen and uh, Squadron 42, has uh, <clears throat> announced that it it has now raised more than 500 million US dollars in crowdfunding since uh, launching the crowdfunding, its first crowdfunding campaign back in... Oh, I say it's 2011 now. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, because I remember trying to um, I remember trying to like, uh, pre like get in on the Kickstarter and missing out on that because like, I don't know, some logistical thing happened and then yeah, then there was I think it was Hurricane Sandy, the one that hit New York. I think it was a Hurricane Sandy, but yeah, I know that happened and then like it, it meant that they couldn't like get all their customer service, like pretty much everyone who was in customer service and stuff was like based in New York or around there. So like there was a delay in things getting processed and I think it just never happened. So maybe I dodged a bullet, but for some reason, um, apparently 100, 100 million of this, uh, so this is this is like from uh, TechSpot. So according to TechSpot's report, TechSpot's report, about $100 million of the total $500 million that's been raised over the past decade has been since last November. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, like, so, so, so clearly, like, you know, we joke about this being, like, you know, uh, unfinished game. Wonder, and, is that, yeah. Does that include, like, buying access to the current build? Technically, that is still crowdfunding because it it isn't. Yeah. It's technically still. I don't even think they call it early access. It's like whatever their their thing is. Like you're buying, yeah, it's alphas. You're you're buying the you get you're buying access to the alpha. Yeah. And and ships and and things like that. Uh, it's yeah. It's very yeah, um. The part yeah. is the shady part because like yeah. I'll say it's like I've been somewhat knowing that I've been defend it. it I don't know. No one's been the target of this thing that I'm talking about, but I have been like somewhat personally defensive of this game for a while because it's like yeah. it is being made. They are releasing versions of it, and it is being actively developed. But it does. It has been. It took me a while. Like I, I still don't think when people call it a scam, I think that's the incorrect use of that term. But I, I understand why people want to use it. But it's like yeah. also, like I guess I'm not an expert anyway. But it is starting to get the 
it has reached a ridiculous point where they're selling virtual ships for thousands of dollars at a time. Tens of thousands, man. It's, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just absurd. And, you know, people are just so deep into it. Yeah. And that they're buying it and they're spending all this money. And they've got these, like, whales that are just absurd. And, like, it is... Yeah. Because, you know, people were already suspicious years ago when they started doing this stuff. Yeah. And it's just the fact that it's only gotten so much worse over time is worrying even though i think yeah at least it's a, at least it's not total vaporware i guess yeah like I, that's the thing like from what i understand the game itself is like legitimately impressive and without this sort of model it might not have been possible to kind of pull off the stuff they've been able to pull off but it probably will take another decade or so before it's even close to getting done yeah so i'm not really happy with the result in that sense yeah but it's let's let's not yeah. kid ourselves here like it's it, it may not be a scam, but you know, there's a lot of money being sent out for something that hasn't technically come out. Yeah, it's definitely exploitive. Yeah. And that's the thing, like but it's like I feel like But then the people who are investing all this money, they're super into it. Like surely they know like what they're paying for is like an alpha or like a working like a pre release build, like that. Maybe they just know that it's never. Maybe they know it's never going to actually come out as a full game. It's just well, they like, just. As I understand yeah, it, people like genuinely like the, playing the current version yeah. of it and stuff. Like, there's a lot of people playing it, which I yeah. think is the reason it has it got a hundred million in, in the last year. Yeah, it's like because people are like buying access to it and enjoying it, which mm. I don't blame them. It's like I have like the problem I have with it is the ship selling part. Like yeah. that's the part that's really that's dodge. People for their money and, and yeah. yeah and it's like like i i have kind of that thing with like on a on a smaller scale obviously um like uh to what is it multiverses doing the same thing but at least with multiverses it's a free-to-play game and i, I don't know I'll, and, and it's nowhere near rare. Like, but the thing is yeah but it's like i just like the game is technically in early access and stuff, but it's like, how can you, how can you, um, how can you charge for a battle pass? How can you, okay, how can you have battle passes and stuff for something that's technically not out? You know what I mean? Like, it's still a beta. Like, just say it's out. Mm. You know, like, yeah. I, 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 I think morally, I think I'm, a, I'm opposed to it. I understand that, you know, like legally it may not be wrong but it's like morally or ethically i feel like there should be you know like a little bit more oversight there but hey i'm i'm old i'm grumpy what do you expect <laughs> apparently <laughs> you're an ancient 30 years old exactly exactly um, yeah um but yeah that's no. uh that's for that's for that um you know some other shady practices and people gambling with their money in in yeah. in in, in Talking about that, let's move over to the world of Twitch. Yeah, um, we'll see how much I can kind of get into it. It's kind of like a long saga that we're not going to get into. Yes, there's an entire Um, different side to this that we're not going to get into. Yeah, like if you do trigger warning of sexual assault descriptions and um, a number of actions surrounding those things. But we'll just focus on the primary functional, I suppose, changes Mm. coming to Twitch twitch soon or immediately so um first off is as part of this whole um shady saga that we won't get into <laughs> you can um, say that yeah 
is the banning of gambling streams on Twitch, which has been a long time coming because there's been nothing. Yeah, talking about like unethical or amoral sort of things for a business to accept or get into. This has been one of those, like the idea that Twitch has long for a long time hosted gambling mm. streams is like such a obviously not okay thing for nope. Twitch to do. Among the other things they've already had their hands on. <laughs> But um, yeah, so basically, as um, a change to their, um, like, I'm not sure exactly what the phrase for their for their like oh, policy, um, they Twitch has banned major gambling sites, so slots, roulette, or dice games, and the like. These this um, these sites also include Stake and others. Or yeah, they, like in their statement, they highlight. Sites like Stake, Rollbit, Dualbits, and Rubit, among others, that Twitch may identify as policies rolled out. So, um, but there is, it does focus, it does like the, sorry, the statement does highlight that these sites are ones that aren't licensed in the US or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protection. Mm. So, this doesn't necessarily banning, ban gambling altogether, technically. Maybe there are other sites set in the US that are just as exploitive and Twitch will just be as just as happy mm. to take on. Yeah. This I think this sounds like it's more about protecting Twitch legally. Yeah. And potentially publicly, but um or maybe it's just because they're a US based sort of thing. That's I don't know. I mean they're obviously happy enough with it anyway, so whatever. But um Yeah. The statement also notes that websites focusing on sports betting fantasy sports and poker will still be allowed so it sounds like there's still a lot of yeah um, gaps if it's legal in the US it'll probably still be on Twitch I think yeah exactly because so like, it sounds like yeah it sounds like it could have the same problems because there's like you know all these streamers that have made millions of dollars moving to Canada yeah and gambling with you know odds that benefit them yeah and the company they're attached to yeah it's like everything about it is so exploitive and gross and that's the thing um, like um like this was all spurred by several prominent youtubers getting together after they basically found out that they were being scammed by like a, like another twitch pers- personality to kind of like scammed out of money that that person then used to fund their like kind of i think it was a counter-strike or like some other online betting kind of game betting addiction and then those people complaining that they got duped and that um twitch didn't wasn't doing enough around gambling and then this kind of came out of that but even this here like this to me i'm I'm speculating here but this to me reads more like the legal team were like you you're we're doing what now like what are we what are we dude guys we are not we can't show these things because these these unlicensed in the u.s we were a u.s-based company we could potentially be liable for things like that so let's let's start off by saying you know we're, we're cutting ties with these specific sites because they're not licensed you know potentially the, and then pr is like oh that could also make us look good and make us sound like this is the first step in you know, anti-gambling or whatever kind of mm. process but i don't know that's that's my maybe that's my cynical if i put my double cynical hat on it's just <laughs> yeah i think part of it might also be like a big part of it might be publicly because it might yeah. be like i was listening to something the other day that was saying how the reason kiwi farms that really 
like it's basically a forum dedicated to doxing people like yeah. the reason that got taken down was because it was starting to get like public awareness of it was starting to get to the point that they couldn't realistically like cloudflare the um yeah the company that the hosting company uh, hosted company that's right yeah yeah the hosted company like they couldn't realistically defend themselves to a more <laughs> professional <laughs> yeah. and neutral interviewer or something like that like yeah the example i heard was like if new york times came and talked to them about like cloudflare about like they couldn't really defend themselves against like a, like keeping this company uh, the keeping yeah. sideline and that's like well, this sounds yeah. like it's like it's a company where it's like if once people start like on a larger level becoming more aware that twitch is hosting a number of people yeah. that are selling gambling to kids because that is literally what's happening and yeah. or just getting people into gambling yeah let alone being children which is i'm sure is happening exactly you know whatever it's like there's a lot there's a low level this goes to yeah um, and, and like i bet it's like yeah. I, i'll my bet would be just <laughs> gambling, um, would be that it's that would be that it's publicity yeah as, as well as legality because yeah. it's hard to imagine this being all that on the level you know mm. and and like in countries and and the thing is like over the past few years we've had that discussion about you know gambling and video games like a lot of the loot box or like the kind of random role mechanics and things like that constituting gambling and like in some countries like belgium those mechanics like loot boxes aren't even included like you can't even get them in in those games in those countries so what if like this extends like you know part of this some of the countries in the european union are like well we consider these video game mechanics to be equivalent of slots or you know russian of or, or roulette or like a, a dice roll so bang like you can't stream overwatch um in a particular country because like you know they they constitute gambling and then that starts spreading <laughs> like you know that because like i don't know it's 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 a complicated situation i wonder what's going to happen from here what like what's gonna um i wonder what's going to be announced next are they going to extend it to all forms of gambling whether it's licensed in the u.s or not yeah yeah definitely definitely interested to see how it pans out i think yeah but um that policy update will arrive in on october 18 so we've still got about a month of this yeah. stuff existing i yeah. suppose get your bets in now yeah <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> um, uh. aside from the gambling ban, um, there's also been a change to share the like revenue sharing structure on Twitch. Um, I won't go too far into this. This basically means that a number of top streamers were originally offered a seventy thirty kind of sweetheart deal for their like subscription cut, um, where the but the neutral like for everyone else it was originally fifty fifty. This is basically changing, like as I think they're like Twitter, like Amazon slash Twitch have been kind of public about saying we're going to change this because we want to make more money. I think it's basically just of it. Yeah. Um, and basically, what's happened is that they've kind of, even though everyone on their like official forums have said please change it to seventy thirty for everyone, they've done the exact opposite and made it fifty fifty for everyone to a degree, aside yeah. from the top. So yeah, so like, it basically ends with streamers that are already with this kind of premium deal they get to keep 70 percent of their first hundred thousand dollars which is not a small amount of money um, and then 
And then after that, they'll be defaulted to the 50-50 revenue split. Um, and this will be happen after June 2023. And yeah, so they're making less money. <laughs> already did. Yeah. And, um, and there's also, as like their solution to this new deal they're getting, um, they're shifting the revenue for ad revenue. They're sh- like they're ad- changing the sharing model for that mm. to something Ooh. where it's percentage-based revenue. Sh- I'll be back. Um, revenue share model that gives streamers fifty-five percent of revenue for every ad they run, instead of a payment model that was like every thousand ad impressions they get. So basically, they'll get paid a, at least. Oh, Twitch says that. Streamers will get paid fifty to one hundred fifty percent more for advertising, but we'll see if that actually pans out. And ultimately, I suppose this mostly hits top streamers, absolutely, and people who already probably make a fair bit of money, but probably work, put a lot of, spend a lot of their life on Twitch doing so. So I don't know, but yeah. it's still not. I'm still not really. <laughs> Not really sure I should feel like supportive of Twitch in any sense, regardless. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean so it's like we heard you, you said make things more fair, pay more to all creators, not just your top creators. We've heard you. What we're going to do is we're gonna uh pay the top creators less and everyone else we're just gonna keep you as you are. When it says yeah. like oh, for ninety percent of streamers on standard agreements, the change will not affect them. It's like, yeah, oh god, and it's just like, like you know, saying at the time of this posting, this is a quote from you know, a, from a, the blog post that's uh, attributed to Dan Clancy, the um, the uh, the the CEO, the current CEO of Twitch. At the time of this posting, more than twenty thousand of you have weighed in on user voice, asking us to move all streamers to seventy thirty and to pay stream streamers faster. Let's chat about the latter part first. It's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? Oh, like, like I get it. Uh, like I get it. Twitch wants to make more money, and this is like the most dumbest way to do it. Like this is like. I don't know. This is just like very blind. Like this is, it's not blind because they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> oh, it's like, um, hopefully oh the ad revenue change leads to more money for people that, you know, in the mid and low level streamers. Yeah. We're trying to make a living or just any money really. It's like that. That would be, hopefully that's exactly what happens. But as I understand it, like to add, like the way that ads have been integrated in Switch over time has like really hurt them already because of how much it gets in the way of the user experience. Streams, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like none of this sounds ultimately like you know it's not really a net positive sort of. Well, it's definitely not a net positive, I guess. But yeah. it's like I don't know. It's yeah, not like no. I'm not someone who spends much time on Twitch to begin with. But yeah. I mean, maybe I would have if things are a bit different anyway. <laughs> yeah. But it's um. So it's like. Yeah. Like long story short, expect more ads on Twitch, and when and larger streamers who were incentivized to run less ads because they would get more of the revenue from just subs, and by having a larger following, they would have more subs. Now expect them to uh, have more ads on their streams. They're just going to be incentivized to run more ads and and yeah. still ask for subs to make up for the lost revenue. So it's mm. like, uh, yeah, like, 
I, I mean, I'm not going to be sympathetic to like, you know, to creators who earn hundreds of thousands of dollars anyway, but it still sucks because, mm-hmm. you know, so many people, like the great thing is that like, like democratized entertainment like Twitch, like YouTube and stuff has made a lot of immensely creative people and talented people like gotten them an audience that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten like even even like 10 years ago like even 15 years ago like think about the only media you could really be successful on was like the radio tv or you know film right now you've got another or like you know obviously written media but like now you've got all these other ways that like someone sitting in their bedroom could you know you could be someone who's like like there's someone on there's like a YouTuber called Todd in the Shadows who's like a music critic. I think he's got like social anxiety and stuff so he doesn't like showing his face. So his whole gimmick is that he's in he's in like in a hoodie in the sh- in, in the shadows and he talks about music and stuff. Like that type of personality would have never survived on TV or anything like that. And like the medium like the medium of YouTube and things allowed for someone like that to be successful. It's like now it's like kind of Twitch is now becoming just like the big corporations you know what i mean i mean it is now like amazon owns it but like there was still kind of that sense of like okay we're still all about the creators and stuff and now that's that's just withering away every every like every announcement like this yeah now it's just like there's no competitors anymore because mixer didn't work at all yeah mixer i guess youtube as well but youtube is seems to have its own sort of corner that doesn't really problems crossover with yeah. yeah, that that too. But it also doesn't seem to have all that much crossover with Twitch anyway. Yeah. From how things have played out. So it's like um I don't know what I'm saying. But it's like There's no really anywhere else to go. Is a you know yeah, I mean, in short. It's like, it's well not... Facebook gaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everyone knows Facebook gaming. That, I always forget that exists and that it's like extremely popular with people that I don't like I don't listen to or hear or anything like, yeah I, I like always forget how gigantic a deal that really is but um yeah i, I don't know i feel like um uh, maybe it's just like uh, like based on what has been kind of like the perception of what like of all the opinionated people on facebook over the last like three four years but like i feel like since 2016 when trump came into power and then during covid I feel like the type of people who go live on Facebook may be questionable (laughs) (laughs) personalities there. They're talking to their phone while they're driving. Yeah. Yelling about something conservative. (laughs) Exactly. And it's like, so I don't know if if that extends to Facebook gaming, but I don't know. Like, could could you imagine like, because like when Mixer shut down, basically Microsoft made a deal with... um, facebook to kind of like transition people over from mixer like their accounts and their subs over to facebook gaming oh i didn't know about that yeah so so there was like kind of like a deal like that in place could you imagine like the people who worked on mixer and like like by all means like create creators liked mixer and it was very creative friendly i wonder if those people right now are just like oh my god if we just made it one more year we could have you know we could have done an epic yeah. games and been like oh we're gonna ch- we're gonna go the other way we're gonna give everyone 80 20 or you know you know what i mean like <laughs> they're, uh, they'll be like pulling their hair out right now <laughs> oh maybe yeah who knows but it's like um, yeah oh yeah that's yeah that kind of wraps up everything on Twitch everything on gaming this yeah. week I think yeah for sure for sure let's um 
let's uh let's have a little fun and and, and talk about some some uh some fun general chit chat topics uh after this So, John, you've been playing some Vampire Survivors. Yeah, it's a game that was very popular 10 months ago when people found out about it. And then, I don't know, I'm I'm sure it's still very popular, but it's a um, PC roguelike arcade game. Um, It was, I think, originally used a lot of Castlevania sprites, like not legally. (laughs) Like, I think there was a lot of, (laughs) but it's like, it's kind of like a top down, I guess you can almost call it like Diablo except a lot of it is like automated and a lot of it is like it feels very reminiscent of risk of rain and binding of isaac to an extent where it's a lot about finding synergies like the you know the joy of finding new synergies and then creating builds out of them and using new characters that have their own unique traits and then as you get further and further into the game it kind of unlocks new mechanics on top of a lot of this stuff and new items and so on and so forth uh, but basically, it just like completely eats my time. It is completely designed to get in your brain and lock you down for hours <laughs> at a time in a way that I haven't actually experienced in a little while. Like, yeah. it's, it, you know, as a roguelike, because roguelikes are typically good at that. You know, Binding of Isaac feels like one of the original ones, and that it could really hook you in for chunks of time, and they just, you know, every all your time just gets eaten up by it. So I've de- I've played it for twenty hours already. And I started playing on Saturday. <laughs> Holy so like, shit! Yeah, you like, it's, it's, a, it's a really good podcast game. It's really good. Uh, yeah, to I can, have, I can you, picture you, that. Like, it's very like mechanical, and it's also like oh no, it's very like it doesn't have anything audio. Oh, like it has music. Yeah, but you're not really doing anything. But there's no like cutscenes or like dialogue. That's like kind of things you have to pay attention to. Yeah, so it seems like yeah. Also, it, it's extremely like direct in how it plays and it's all you can i don't know you you can kind of turn your brain off to an extent to the point where you can fully listen to something else or whatever something like that so it's it i have been completely hooked on it there's like a there's like a there's a vibe to it of like a roguelike meets twin stick shooter meets like a bullet hell game yeah except with the twin stick shooter thing it's like you're not like it's more like a single stick shooter yeah shooting happens regardless you're <laughs> yeah. just you're like it'll like some some weapons will like shoot depending on what you're where you're facing mm. but a lot of them don't so a lot of it is about movement and it's like it reminded me a lot of a musu game because the only one i have still played is berserk and that one is a really low level one as i understand gotcha. it <laughs> but as we've explained on as we've explained before the way those games work is like it's less about the action and more about getting you into position on the map somewhere at the right times. It's like it's almost like a tactical game, as I understand it, because I haven't actually played a true one yet. Um, but th- th- like this one's like a really easy, <laughs> simplistic version of that, where it's like you got this gigantic map and the stuff is like you know kind of like power ups are highlighted on the map, and it takes forever to get there, like in any given. Map. Like you, you know, you'll move upwards in a map mm, to get mm. somewhere, and you'll be there like three minutes later. Yeah, because it just takes too long, and that's you know that's by design. As like basically, it's like there's so there's that element to it as well. Um, 
I know, I'm not sure how much more I can explain about it other than that it, it's structured and designed in a way that really hooks you in if you're if the gameplay appeals to you in the first place. Yeah. And it's also I think it's five dollars now, five US versus the three US dollars it was like a week ago. So it's extremely cheap as well. I think this could be great on phones. When it comes, it really to, would I, I think it, I think it, I think once it gets like full release, it'll come. It has to. Mm. Like that's, I was surprised yeah. at how much the sprites are just Castlevania because I was okay, I was I was thinking about it like afterwards. Like, wait, some of these sprites are like straight up the same, <laughs> even though apparently they've changed it since. Changed like but one like, one hexadecimal value for the red <laughs> that they're using or something. Yeah, maybe because I like I like because ultimately it's a homage game, I suppose. Yeah, it's like creating a Castlevania game in this specific type of genre and design, which I think is a fun idea. It would be cool if it was a Castlevania Titan, yeah. but it's um because like everything about it is designed to be. You know, it's just yeah. for people who don't have that ability to. Yeah. Um, what what I, um I'll just fun fact like when you search like for me when you search vampire survivors in Google it says related searches and the first thing that comes up is vampire survivors free it's just like oh <laughs> like, come on people <laughs> yeah uh, that's, that's well I don't know I yeah. mean no like I, I do know like they should pay for it because it's very cheap yeah like, come but, on it's like one person me. working on it like yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but it's, I, I'm, I think it's done very well. Yeah, considering the like explosion of articles and coverage it got initially, like yeah. last year or the start of the year or so. Yeah, but it's yeah, but yeah, that that's that's what I've been playing a lot of last four or five days. Yeah, um, but you've been that, watching things as well. Well, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, since since this is a kind of a new one because I watched it last two days which is dragon quest the adventure of die um which is a currently running shonen you know kind of traditional hero's journey style anime which is a sort of reboot of an old anime slash manga because i haven't looked based on the game series it was based on a yeah it was based on the games but it's like its own thing as i understand it i know maybe i should explain it next time because i actually actually I only remember from what I've like read a little bit of, but I haven't actually confirmed a lot of it already. Oh, like, uh, whatever. My words are getting jumbled now. But it's it's like I've watched like six episodes of it. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's very much an anime in the style of old shonen series from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, which is like Dragon Quest. Uh, like Dragon Quest dies explicitly there. Like it's like one of the prototypical shonen series. Yeah, I'm from the creator of Dragon Ball. I think. Yeah. So yeah, he was sure. the he was the um, he was like the the character like the art designer for the Dragon Quest yeah. games. But I'm pretty sure um, he like he completely created this. I can um, I can see that. Yeah, so it's got its. Um, I can imagine that. I want to look cool. it up now, just because I wasn't actually not just to be sure. just to be sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, while while you yeah, what 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 do you find? What what does it say? I'd be I'd be curious. Because um, it because it oh, it yeah, definitely no, has the look. Yeah, it's not done by him at all. Apparently, never mind. Okay, um, I don't know how I got the impression, but it's like well, because the games were you'd 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 assume that he would be involved of an anime adaptation of a game that he was involved in, a game series he was involved in creating, at least the yes, art for. <laughs> looking it up, apparently it was running at the same time as Dragon Ball, so it couldn't have happened. <laughs> but mm. it's um, it's yeah, but it's very like traditional and it's very conventional. 
and it, but there's something very satisfying to it in the same way Dragon Quest as a series is kind of like that, you know? It just kind of offers a very straightforward and familiar feeling kind of story and world and does it very well in a very polished way that is very like inviting and very, I don't know, there's something very um, comfortable about it in a way that Dragon Quest does better than most, I think, especially with the art style they have, mm. you know? Like Toriyama's style, which I think is a bit different here, but it's still kind of the overall same spiky sort of hair and big eyes and fight. yeah. I also yeah. I, call, I called an early not to spoil my child soldier, <laughs> the child warrior type thing. Yeah, kind of there. Yeah, but like one thing I called early on was like not to spoil. Like I'm spoiling a little bit, but it's an old series and it's like a long series as well because it's like 90 episodes in and it's still not finished because it's like a you know. Ongoing anime <laughs> series, yeah. And like one thing I called was like the mentor. Like, wait, what character. show is this? Oh, uh, the one I'm watching. Oh, Dragon Dra- Quest Die. Okay, you're it's yeah, ninety. Thing... Okay, cool, cool, cool. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, because the current adaptation is ninety episodes in, but that was one Pre- prior. Back. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was like yeah up. from 1991 to 1992 was uh, the original adaptation of the adventure of die in animation anime form hmm. okay and yeah, now it's like i think it's a bit like hunter cross hunter where that one had like an original well it's like there's probably been a lot actually but that one was the one i was thinking of mm. where it's like it had like its original anime run that started like basically right when the manga started and started being very popular and then they ran out of materials so they never came back to it and now they're coming back decades later to do it again so, um when it's actually finished which i think yes is, but I was kind of surprised also by how much it feels like a 90s anime. Not in that it's like hand-drawn, but it... I mean, it probably is in a lot of... I know it is in a lot of ways. It's just not... It doesn't have that, like, material textured look like the old stuff does. Yeah. But it, um, it's very, very but clean. To, yeah, but it's like it's very evocative of that era. So yeah. To me, as someone who hasn't watched a ton of it, really, but it still has that... It still yeah. hits me that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 and it definitely, like, if you if you look at kind of more modern anime, the like the like this, like just looking at the trailer, like it definitely has that nineties look of, um, like there's much less shading and much less detail in in, yeah, in like the models yeah. and everything and the the characters and stuff. But you can definitely tell that it's like a mix. Like it's got like CG, like a lot of the stuff CG, like especially when they do panning shots and stuff. That's just how I think modern anime kind of mixes hand-drawn with CG with, with digital animation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually, because that, that stuff hasn't shown up much at all, actually. I yeah. don't, I'm surprised they even did it in the first place. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't come up much as the series goes on. But, um, so, but like, broadly, it's like it, it is 2D mostly. They yeah. even need action scenes. For some reason, it, it did turn 3D for a, a moment, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure why. But it's um although that was funny. Like I started like um the last episode introduced the character called Ma'am. <laughs> which I was kind what? of shocked by. <laughs> Her nice. name is Ma'am, like M A A M, just without the apostrophe in the middle. Oh, that's was, a that's like, a Toriyama <laughs> thing for sure, right? Yeah. It all he does sounds that. like it, like it all felt like I thought it was by Toriyama until now. And like because I because uh, one thing I predicted and actually happened was um the mentor character sacrificing himself to try and kill a villain and it just yeah. doesn't work at all and oh. it's like that's exactly what dragon ball happened yeah it happened in dragon ball like five multiple times, times yeah <laughs> god 
That must be a trope in anime. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it has to be now. I like, love it, actually. Yeah. I was thinking about how much I actually How like futile. It's, it's so bleak. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But yeah, that that is what I have been doing this week over here. Yeah, so for me, I've been... Um, I've been... I'll talk about a couple of things. Uh, first thing is I've been watching... I've gone back to start uh, watching Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta or ZZ Gundam, depending on what you call. So I realize... I, I've, I don't know when this happened, but at some point it came to Crunchyroll. <laughs> so I didn't have to kind of go on dodgy websites to try and find it. Uh, and so it still sucks. <laughs> but it's like... Because <laughs> it, it apparently gets better like second half of the season. Okay. The reason why I want to do it is because... So like Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, which is the Netflix movie that came out last year I think is really really good but that kind of caps off the story arc that started with the original Gundam so I've watched the original Gundam then I've watched Zeta Gundam which was a sequel which like if like Gundam was like kind of like a mix between like it was probably a it's like pulpy and a mix between pulpy and realism and then like Zeta Gundam was going a lot more into the kind of the psychological effects of war and like commentary on warfare and things like that. And it just happens to have giant robots fighting. Then this one is just like, you take the serious tone of, the serious tone of Zeta Gundam. And then this one, like so far, has just been really bad slapstick comedy. It's kind of like a, a such a big change. Like I can't imagine what it would have been like, like waiting you know, you finish Zeta Gundam and then you wait for the, the, the sequel series to come out and it's so different and it's so lighthearted and stuff. But apparently the second half of the of this series gets serious and like is a bit more like the... Like it actually becomes good apparently. So I'm waiting... I'm just gritting my teeth and making my way through this. Like... Uh, are, you, yeah. are you like very appreciative of like gag? comedy and manga very often or is it just bad no no this is just bad like this okay. is just like characters like like you know like the other Gundams like they would have like comedy like there's like Spy X Family is like very funny with his gags uh, um, uh, whereas like like the gag comedy of that is much more kind of like smart whereas this is just like this is just like lowest common denominator like very sexist very okay like Sla- like things like gag comedy is funny when it's like um you know this is just very absurd for this character to be doing it but it's just like a funny depiction or a funny situation they find themselves in whereas in this one it's just like no these people are just fucking idiots like the enemies are just dumb like why would you do that why would you act like this why would you be you know what i mean it's just like it's like unearned comedy mm-hmm. you know if there's like a reason it was like that in the first place or we looked into it no I'm, I'm i'm i will but it's like <laughs> so i've like there's like recap there's like you know those like kind of like Crunchyroll has got like whole thing that takes you through every single timeline it's like i've watched the first two of those for the shows that i've watched and i'm like oh okay um i should probably like stop here before i get spoiled because then then it'll take away anything that i that is redeeming this thing because like after this there's like a, a movie that came out in 1988 that like starred one of the main like kind of villains from the series and then it's like and then the Gundam Hathaway is like 
like it came out like what it's come out like 22 years 32 years later or whatever but it's like that continues from that movie from 1988 so it's like i just got to get through this series watch that movie and then this and then i can then i don't have to be like beholden to anything else and then i can watch other gundam series as i want because like if you wanted a way into gundam i think you'd really like uh, um it's called mobile suit gundam iron-blooded orphans um i think you can even watch it for free on youtube on the gundam info channel but like uh, but that one is the one that came out in like 2015, 2016. The first season of that's really good. The second season is kind of like a subversion of like the standard Gundam kind of plot. It, it's, but I think it like it tried to do too much too quickly in one season. It just didn't work. It was, it was like, it probably needed more breathing room because it was such a departure from the first series. But if you watch the first season, I think you really like it. And you don't need okay. to know anything yeah. about Gundam because it's a, it's like a fresh timeline like a fresh kind of start okay because i just loaded up gundam to see if i can find that timeline thing he was talking about and yeah I it's called crunchy roll it it's a youtube video you yeah oh okay yeah because it's like, yeah um but jujutsu kaisen zero is on there now which i didn't realize so i forgot that was happening so now i'm gonna go watch that later probably let's see what's that now, one called jujutsu oh, okay kaisen it's, zero. It's, yeah jujutsu kaisen oh i was excited it's like the movie that came out Early this year or last year? Gotcha. Oh, like a pre- oh, it doesn't. I don't know if anyone's in based it. on Jujutsu Kaisen. Like I was, okay, I was gonna say yeah, that I sounds like, familiar. I was, excited, I was really excited for the movie actually being on a streaming service because that doesn't happen for anime movies all that often. So it's but like yeah. uh, Crunchyroll, no, get your money's worth. Like yeah, because yeah. I've got a trial right now because they for some reason I think they gave me a free trial for like my updated credit card or something because i probably shouldn't have got it uh, uh, but they gave me one so i'm watching that's why i started dragon quest but i'll start <laughs> i'll start iron blooded sometimes iron blooded orphans yeah i think you like it and you can get like gundam wing on there and stuff like which is like kind of like the one that broke into america so uh, uh gundam wing was the one that kind of came to america in like i think two year 2000 or 2001 so like that was on toonami back in the day so like um, th- that's very much like, like you could picture like Dragon Ball Z and then Gundam Wing and stuff being on at the same time. Like, like a lot of people have the same nostalgia for that series, so that could be like another one. But uh, I-, I really like the first two season, like the first two series, and then this one is just like fuck. It's just, oh uh, yeah. But I'm just just waiting. I'm sh- like, yeah. My manager at work, he's telling me off. He's like, you need to watch Attack on Titan 2, like the season 2. Like, what are you doing? Like, my manager's like a full-on anime nerd. Like, that's that's so cool. Like, he's like... You're risking your job by not watching it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, every every week we have a chicken meeting and he's just like, all it is is just him asking if I've seen, if I've continued Attack on Titan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, besides that, I've been uh, watching She-Hulk. I've seen the first four episodes of it. Uh, like it. It's not bad. <laughs> it's 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 like it. It does some like kind of like it's a very novel idea, um. You know, of what it is. Like I understand that it's got huge pedigree in in comics. Um, like I think it's like it, it's got its charm and it, and it is kind of funny and it and it does like involve Wong. Like you see more Wong here than you've pretty much seen in any like all the movies combined. So that that there's that. Um, like you know, Mark Ruffalo's in it as well at the the beginning, but it's like 
it's just I don't get the whole thing of um She Hulk. Like I'm not familiar with She Hulk in the comics, but is she like a Deadpool where there's a lot of fourth wall breaking stuff? Because that's yes. there is okay. Because I think it's, I think it's just a creative conceit anyway. Like you can just yeah. treat it its own thing. Like for me, it was like very. It's very weird because it's coming from the non like this. It's very weird because it's technically because it's MCU, you know. Like nothing else really breaks the fourth wall except Deadpool, but that's technically not MCU. That's like, you know, the X Men Fox universe, right? Which I mean, technically now there's crossover because that was technically part of the X Men universe, and that worked fine too. Yeah, like I I never really have. It was so weird, but it's just like um, like I get it. Like there's some like. Like there's some kind of like, kind of there's some good comment. Like there's some commentary and stuff about you know, like you know how um, like you know like maybe potentially there's a like there's there's like a lesson here saying that you know, for a woman to be respected by men, she is she has to create like a a very hyper masculine or very like very strong dominant alter ego, and only in that with when they have that alter ego persona on are they actually seen by like a male dominated world but then when they are in that alter ego like in that very kind of successful like whatever you know uh situation women judge judge them for you know it's like i i i understand that there's some commentary there and it's good that i think it's like written by a woman it's like directed by a woman and i think tatiana maslani is the main character i think she's doing like a pretty good job with what she's been given I think like it definitely hurts that the the CG is really lacking here. Uh, I think Bruce Banner looks really like he kind of looked good, but like I think the She Hulk herself, just the character model is just like very low detail in a weird way compared to like previous Marvel stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I kind of took away because I ended up watching the. I oh, you did watch the first episode. Okay, I, I watched the first episode a little bit ago. Yeah, I ended up watching the first episode again with my sister just because like. We we're just kind of curious, and I wanted. To, I think it was mostly talking about the CGI, and I was kind of like, we ended up just watching the first episode. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about exactly what you said, where it's like it feels like they had Hulk done already, because he was done at a high level for the last <laughs> yeah, right. Movie. Yeah. And now it feels like they had to do that again for She-Hulk quickly, and on a low budget because that's how all these VFX contracts go. Yeah. And it was like you know, and like, but she's also like a more uncanny sort of design, where she's yeah. more like Hulk is like more monstrous by nature yeah. than by concept where she-hulk is just mostly a large lady large <laughs> but, strong looking lady but she's, she's like got like a yeah. big hair as well that it's very hard to make look not uncanny i think exactly that's, what, that's the impression i get from it because the thing is like if if hulk looks like a big version of bruce banner she-hulk versus jennifer walters do not look like each other I don't know even know about that. It's like, like I feel like Hulk doesn't look like a man as much to me. But, but, oh yeah, like he's he's, he's proportionally so he's yeah so yeah. Hulk. And it's like, I think but he still looks like Bruce face wise and hair wise, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, her face looks different. Her but her hair looks is a completely different. But then like physically, they just make her like um, like I they just like make her like like an Amazon, Amazonian kind of like image rather than just being like hulked out, like a hulked out woman. And I don't know if that's like, I get it because like in the comics, like She-Hulk is like very sexualized and stuff. So well, I think in this you know case, I mean? like, 
She-Hulk is well, at least from the sh- how the show does it, because I haven't read any She-Hulk comics myself. Yeah, but from how the show depicts it or presents it, is it's meant to be, in a way, an idealistic version of herself, which is why she doesn't look why she's like a different version of Hulk to Bruce. That that was my reading. Oh, okay. Fully idealistic, but it has like elements that she wished she could have normally. Really? Okay. That's, that was my read of it from the first episode. Like that's kind of you know like it has those moments where it's like yeah, but how does I, okay strength? And it's yeah, like, you know, but like yeah, <laughs> I think where that falls down is like, but the like the spoilers. The the reason why she becomes Hulk is that she gets uh con- her blood gets contaminated with Bruce's blood. But it's not like she's like, like she's got a venom symbiote or something that creates like an ideal version of her. Like, like then that like be like, oh, that gamma radiated blood is like um sentient and like kind of working off her own insecurities and her own like kind of. Oh, I think I didn't mean it that it was. Like, I just meant as in like she lucked out with a version of Hulk. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Like. Where Bruce got unlucky because he's an angry, like, and always he's both extremely angry by nature. That's true. He's also, he's also just genetically unlucky, where he got yeah. this version of Hulk that's just a monster. Yeah, because yeah. like, like they they touch on the fact that she can like fully control. She's still fully herself. Like, there's no split personality like there was with like that Bruce struggled with for years, like of Hulk versus yeah, like Bruce, whereas she doesn't have that. Yeah. Gotcha, like I can of, see that. Like, I, I think the idea is that it's both her... Like, I think they kind of they end up... I feel, I feel like it's a bit on the nose in the first episode where they really stress how, like, you know, I'm a woman who's always had to put on a front and always had gotcha. to, you know, code switch. And so, which I, I was if not invaluable, but I think it could have been... Had some more subtlety at times, but it was still... <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it just, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's just a pilot. Pilots tend to be like that too. Yeah. But I guess but also, uh, like... um. Like I think, if they made it too subtle, people there'd be articles saying it doesn't go far enough. But then, maybe. maybe that was that would be worse than if you go too far and then people get angry. But then the women, like in the audience, might be like, "Oh hell yeah, girl!" You know, like hell yeah, I I resonate with that. Well, I think it's also just that it kind of from the. I mean, there's a whole show I haven't seen, so yeah, I'm yeah. trying to judge it too much. It just has that girl boss vibes, which is kind of condescending at times. Oh um, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm a bit much. It, uh, it, it, yeah. it. No, no, no. It does. It's like kind of like I don't need a man. It's yeah. There's there's like some stuff there. Like oh, she, yeah, you're right. There's, but it's like um, there's value yeah. in that too. At times, yeah. it just depends on how it's um, portrayed. Sometimes, but it's yeah. um, what is it? It's yeah. Uh, sorry, I think I took over the conversation. No, no, <laughs> it's all good. I mean, I'll, I'll keep watching it because it's still interesting, and I'm. Uh, I think episode five's out, and I think six comes out today. So I'm going to be interested in in seeing Daredevil because, like, oh yeah, hell yeah, because <laughs> Daredevil is such an awesome character in the MCU that I think is like underappreciated by everyone who works at Marvel. Apparently, <laughs> um, is yeah. he like? Isn't he getting like a thirty episode show or whatever? Dude, yes, he's getting like a full on show in 2025. Um, yeah, it's gigantic. I forget how many episodes it's meant to have. It's meant to have oh, it's meant already. to be like a 19 episode season or 18 oh, episode man. season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. Well, um, yeah, that yeah, that'll be um, who knows? Um, but yeah, 
I think I think oh, we've yeah, uh, and, yeah. Andor came out today too. The Star Wars show. <laughs> it, it should it be right. Andor or and slash or watch this and or She Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm going to think about it because <laughs> okay. like I don't know man uh, I mean I think yeah, I can, I don't know. people are capable of watching two shows yeah time. yeah no I'm just saying like it's just like you and I feel like you and me we've been burnt by the Star Wars shows maybe Boba Fett more specifically but maybe maybe this will be good to be fair Andor like oh, I think I'm talking too loud I think Andor is like um more serious. And I, uh, oh. It's not even just more serious. Like, I mean, I think it, it just looks from the last trailer and the way it's been described and the fact that they gave it such a big run. Push, you know? Yeah. Because it's like 12 episodes. Oh, really? Like okay. Hour at time or something. Shit. Which is like and three came out today. The Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, wow. I'm very, like, I think they have faith in it. Like, as I was thinking of it this morning, where it's like, I wonder if they gave it that sort of push and budget because they kind of see it as an award winner. Gotcha. Which is not true of any of these other shows. Not to say they're bad, true, they're just true. not like that. Yeah, I saw no. I saw a headline saying that it's like much more closer to like a, a like an adult TV show, like a drama versus like kind of like the pseudo swashbuckling adventures of like the other Star Wars shows. Um, mm. Yeah, and okay. like Maybe Club gave yeah. it a C plus, which is le- <laughs> Oh, they gave the first episode. <laughs> I don't know. I'll look into it. But okay. they gave the other episodes better ones. So yeah, yeah. But I, I'm excited. Like I want to watch it just because it looks yeah. more interesting than a lot of these shows. Have been hey, lately. and it's not set on Tatooine. <laughs> like that in and of yeah. itself is 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 why you should watch it. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking the other day where it's like at this point I'm not even that interested in Mandalorian anymore, which I wasn't a huge hyper like hyper fan of any anywhere, but I have I do find myself thinking it's like. I'm not even sure I really want to watch the next season all that much just because it's been so bland lately, including Mandalorian, really. Like, it's all yeah. just kind of stuff. And now it's just like, I feel like I'm kind of burnt out on Star Wars. Like, generally. yeah. And like the reunion of Grogu with Mandalorian happened in the Boba Fett show. So it's yeah, like... It's very annoying about that. <laughs> yeah, so it's like that, that That would have been the... um, Like, that all happened in one episode, remember? <laughs> Whereas yeah. like... If, if, say, Mandalorian 3 was, like, kind of, you know, Grogu's getting into some hijinks because some stuff's happening with him and Luke. But in the meantime, Mandalorian's also kind of, like, dealing with his, like, kind of loss and, you know, uh, going on his own adventures and then they, they cross paths again. Like, there's, the, you know, that that would have been a much more impactful reunion rather than, oh, it's already happened, now what do we do? And now it's just Mandalorian 1 again. Yeah, like that's like I think it's like when I think about it, it's like man, I could be spending all this time on watching Star Wars junk on like anything else. Like, yeah, like I started watching um, Better Call Saul because I kept hearing about how great the yeah. ending was. Okay, and I, I like the show because I watched a bunch of it when it started and then yeah. I dropped off some point, and now okay. there's just so many more seasons, so I'm starting again. And I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I could just watch more of that show instead of Star Wars, and I'll probably be better for it. Yeah, maybe I should start thinking about that more. <laughs> maybe maybe but yeah you know speaking of uh thinking about starting to do something how about we start to wrap up this show thank you uh thank you everyone for for watching another 
uh, episode, listening to another episode of Double Jumper Radio. Uh, as always, um, Double Jumper Radio is made possible thanks to the support of our wonderful Patreon members and our uh, site members as well. You too can become a uh, doublejump.co supporter by going to doublejump.co slash memberships and, and signing up there. Um, we'll also be launching a new Discord soon, which I feel like I've been saying for months now, but trust me, it is it is going to be soon. Um, yeah, it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, yeah, thank you so much, everyone at home. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Netflix Edge Runners. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard really good reviews about it, and apparently, it's gotten people like legitimately interested in Cyberpunk <laughs> twenty seventy seven. I'm kind of somewhat upset by it, even though. I like that trigger finally release something very good again. No, I'm yeah. not, not to be too down on it. I like trigger as an animation studio, but yeah. I feel like it's been a while since they made something especially excellent. Yeah. And it, sounds, it kind of annoys me where it's like, man, cyberpunk's the one they decided to do a lot of work, <laughs> work on. Yeah. And now it's uh-huh. like, but I do kind of find it funny. how it's like, it, cyberpunk is getting really good sales again. Yeah. Like game. And I was thinking, it's like, I kind of, don't mind the idea that people are watching the anime and then going and being disappointed by the game because I'm guessing yeah. that's kind of common. Uh, I mean, anyway, at least I, I saw a joke. I was watching a video and the joke was that like, oh, uh, I mean, compared to Cyberpunk 2077, uh, this this runs at a better frame rate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's just, yeah. And it's got a, cons- no, no bugs, like very consistent art style. I think, yeah. Cohesive story. <laughs> Who knows? But yes, like, I don't know. I guess I'll watch it because, because uh, why not? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try as well because it's meant to be, you know, it's meant to be good and it seems yeah. like a better actual examination of cyberpunk themes. Yeah, the I mean. Ones, which makes it more worthwhile to me. I was a big fan of the Castlevania Netflix adaptation. So I'm hoping this is more like that and less like the Tekken one. Um, yeah, and hopefully there's no transphobia in it, which is to make it clear is my main deal not that it's bad at cyberpunk or is that as that cyberpunk the game had a lot of transphobia kind of language imagery and yeah yeah no for sure yeah i just wanted to and in the marketing as well i'm not being i'm not being a weird nerd and saying this isn't good enough cyberpunk (laughs) and it's making me angry yeah i'm mad at other things yeah oh well well that's going to do it for uh, for another episode of double jumper radio john my friend, thank you. Thank you once again. Uh, I wish you all the best over the next week as you, I guess, look after Rocket and get him used to the new place and the, and the cats. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, everyone. Please head over to doublejump.co to uh, read all of our awesome content that we'll have coming up and uh, find us on all social media wherever you can. But yeah, thank you so much, everyone. And until next time, look out for one another. Peace. Bye. See you later, everyone.